the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 116, Crystal Aftermath. There was something cold against her cheek. Her head was splitting when Kailana opened her eyes. She squinted. It was bright here, and she was laying on the floor. She didn't move for a moment, staying down, pressed upon the glass-like surface. The first thing she saw were legs passing back and forth in front of her, and she could hear Nora's voice issuing commands to the others. An instant later, she noticed that Len was a few yards in front of her, tending to Elena, who was lying down at an odd angle and bleeding badly, knocked out cold. She listened for the voices of her friends, and she could hear them all around. The unicorn girl Twyla was peering down on her, and Twyla's light blue hair hung down towards Kailana, framing the Uname's face and her smile. The unicorn girl showed her relief. Twyla's horn was glowing, and in a moment, she asked if Kailana was okay. Kailana nodded to her curtly, and Twyla left her side hurriedly to find another of the fallen. Kailana fought the pain that was shooting through her body and struggled into a sitting position. Nothing seemed to be broken, but her whole body hurt. Her face and arms were covered in cuts and burns, probably from the shower of shards. Kailana thought that, in reality, she was far from okay. But she would be. The floor might have been glass, or quartz, or something else that was cold, smooth, and translucent. It was made up of large squares, each ten by ten, and the floor was perfectly flat. Kailana had never seen anything like it before, and it stretched out infinitely in all directions into the dark. From above, there was a light upon them, some kind of yellow light, and it shone down like a cone, but Kailana couldn't tell where it was coming from. It made her feel exposed, pinned down to the floor. No walls here, no tunnels, no darkness, no rooms. Kailana began to feel very uneasy in this alien space. Even if she could make it to her feet, there was nowhere to run to, nowhere to hide. What was this place? In a moment, she reasoned out that the crystal had brought them here, but where? was here. Orson was lying down beside her, groaning, and she went close to him, crawling on hands and knees, and gingerly roused him as she could. His brown eyes met her own, and she ran a hand through his purple hair. She hesitated at the braid that he wore, for it was wound through with the hair of all the ones he had loved, who had died. Too many of them. Almost too many to count. But Orson gave her a weak smile, and though she was no healer, Kailana believed he would yet survive. 
Horrifically, though, the girl realized that several of their family would not. Gear and coin were scattered everywhere, and she looked over to see that the gnomes had been mercifully burned and swiftly slain, alive. One of the twins stood over the other, indifferent almost, or perhaps holding a vigil as her sister struggled on the floor, losing blood from her abdomen as a slick, red puddle swelled over the floor beneath her. Stockholm knelt before Tennant, and Marks was at Thora's side, weeping. Elena was in a state like Canis, bleeding uncontrollably from her side, as Amazar, who had managed to get her out of her armor, held fast to the wound with a strip of cloth under the cleric's direction. They were going to die. Kailana became badly distressed. They were all going to die. But she started for a moment when she realized they weren't alone. For suddenly she could see that the Mazari Dark Elves, their sworn enemies, had made the jump as well. Welcome travelers, one and all. It is good to have you here again, wherever here is. The dice have decided the fate of the tribe. They have landed in an infinite space. No walls anywhere, no ceiling. It is completely alien, never before seen. For the tribe of Nora, that is to say, those that have survived, have happened into the Null Space Expanse. But what of the Dark Elves, Traveler? It seems they were caught too in the teleportation blast. And although it can't be known for sure how many have survived, it is now for us all that the dice shall decide. The Iron Realm, copyright Abelenzo, is an original dark fantasy delve into the eternal maze at the end of time. A portion of tonight's female voice performance has been provided by Gwenifuri of freesound.org, whose audio has been used with permission. Consult this episode's show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com for full details. Gwenifuri, I give my gratitude for that which you have offered. Indeed, your passion and your presence will always be honored throughout the countless corners of the Iron Realm. Character 8. If your shared fate counterpart has now fallen, it is time now to choose a new shared fate counterpart 
according to the rules given in the Iron Realm, Solitaire Essentials, and Gaming Guide. In the case of Thora, another dwarf should be taken. Perhaps Stockholm, perhaps Marx, or maybe even Master Brevik. In the case of the gnomes, Holiander, and Mixmen, it is probably permissible to take the remaining gnome as your next shared fate counterpart, Brina, or else I suppose another reasonably close counterpart would be one of the elves who is skilled in martial combat and arcane lore. A moment of silence for all of those who have fallen. But for character eight, if he or she has survived, this may be the start of a new beginning. Never give up, Character 8. There are always new adventures on the horizon, and I, your Maze Master, in the light or in the dark, shall be ever on your side. Behind the Screen And so... It's very much expected that the arcane blast produced by the explosion of the teleport crystal should probably have wiped out each and every one of the Mezari, since a Mezari, according to my notes, shouldn't have more than six life points. But then again, there's a chance, just a chance, that perhaps one of their number, or maybe more, had a constitution score high enough to grant a life-saving bonus. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to make the roll for each of the Mazari present. And there are nine of them, so let us have just one roll for each. Nendra, 13. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Seems that Nendra may possibly have survived. Let's check her life points. A six. Well, there you go. Nendra was at full power when the blast went off. This would take her just to negative five. Let's have a roll for Vela. A 15 constitution. <laughs> well, this one's ambitious after all, isn't she? How about a D6 roll for her life points as well? <laughs> Another six. <laughs> I can hardly believe this luck. I'm recording negative five life points for her and for Nendra. Sana. Eight constitution, no chance for her to survive. And Haile. Nine. Haile, the one that tried to charm Orson, likewise will not survive. Seska. A 12. Even if she survives, she'll be bleeding out and Moriel. A 15 constitution will give her life points a roll. Looks like she'll need another six. Could the Mezari possibly be <laughs> so lucky? A one. Seems that lightning can strike twice, <laughs> but maybe not three times. The next Mezari woman, Naimi. 12 constitution and Hexa? A 10 constitution. Finally, Ola. A 6 constitution. Now that I think about it, I've got a negative 5 recorded for Nendra and a negative 5 for Vela on life points. 
but 12 points of damage. <laughs> well, this still assumes that each of them made their death save versus the arcane blast. The power of the explosion is more like an arcane radiation. Even being behind the solid stone walls wouldn't have protected them. And the 60 foot diameter blast would have easily reached each and every one of them out in the hall. That means it's time for death saves. It's Nendra versus Vela. The first always suspected, her second's ambition. How will it play out in the end? Death save for Nendra. A two. Even with her modifiers, Nendra's still taking 24 points of damage, which slays her. And Vela, the last of the Dark Elves, or simply the last to fall. A 15, and with her bonus of two, for a death save of the fourth kind, explosion, she has just barely managed to make the required number, 17. Seems Vela will be found alive, barely alive, by the tribe of Nora. I have thus written it into my notes, and we shall see what the consequence shall be. Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. What follows is one of a seven-part series for the Map Master, in which I will describe for you a new strategy for laying down maps in the Endless Realm. The strategy involves placing tiles down upon your sheet of Map Master's graph paper, and in so placing these, you'll ultimately reveal every secret of the Gnomish Homeland Beta 1, Part 6. Map Master, we meet again. Do produce your map of Beta 1, and also your legend of Tile Set 1. Upon your legend, you have already drawn the first five tile types. Today, I reveal the sixth, and it is drawn as follows. First place down, a 7x7 seven seven tile, drawing the outline of it with a solid line, though a door should be drawn at the very center of the northernmost side. This shape will be something of a spiral which comes to a dead end alongside a circular secret chamber. Just to let us see what we're dealing with, why don't we draw in that secret chamber now? You can put this room in the exact center of the tile. It is three squares by three squares with a secret door on its western wall. So draw the chamber as a perfect square first. Inscribe the circle into it. Make sure the circle intersects with the secret door on its western wall and then blacken in the edges of the room to really make the circle stand out. There now, the chamber has been rendered. Returning to the door to the north, note that the square just south of it has a wall to the west and a wall to the south, but is open to the east, creating a straightaway 
which proceeds all the way to the northeastern corner of the tile, where it curves there to the south. The corridor proceeds as far to the south as it possibly can, hitting the southeastern corner of the tile, upon which it curves to the west. From here, it is bent into a straightaway traveling west. Render this corridor as far as you can, all the way to the southwestern corner, whereupon the corridor turns to the north. Render the corridor as far to the north as you can, but stop when it gets to the northwestern corner. And here, upon this square, it will move yet further, one, two squares to the east, concluding against the previously rendered corridor, but open to the south. So if you were to move one square to the south from here, upon that square, it is open to the east, but you should draw a wall on the western edge of that square. I think that finishes it up. As you can see, we have indicated a twisting spiral pattern going all the way around the outside of the tile and falling inwards, 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 until at last it dead ends. Although if the secret entrance is known, it is possible to discover a way into the central chamber. Very good. You have all six tiles now for tile set number one. And this final entry, as you can see, just like entry three, four, and five, can be rotated by the Maze Master, if required, to fit with the tile previously drawn. Although the default orientation for tile six is given as shown, and as it turns out, it is exactly this, which is to be drawn onto your map now of beta one. And perhaps you know where it goes already, for there is really only one space there remaining. The tile goes at position 33 across, 21 down. Again, as mentioned, draw it in the default orientation, and it is given to be just south of the large chamber on the easternmost side of the map. Very well then, Map Master. You have drawn all there is to draw on for the map called Beta 1, the Gnomish Kingdom. Meet me again for one final future session, and I will grant to you the labeling for all of these rooms. Until next time, Map Master, map you on in the maze, map you on. The latest Iron Realm book for the Maze Master can be found on DriveThruRPG now. The Iron Realm Creature Creation and Maze Master's Guide is here. The fourth book in the Maze Master's series, which tells you what you need to devise the evil threats destined to face your character tribe. Every fan of Dungeon Monsters will find something to appreciate in this book. From detailing creature tactics, considering life and death negotiations, escape, combat, 
behaviors, powers, roaming creatures, and much, much more. There's an appendix full of sample creatures, too. Deadly foes, straight from the Iron Realm. Get all of this and more at DriveThruRPG with the Iron Realm Creature Creation and Maze Master's Guide. Search for it now with your adult settings enabled and secure this 100-page masterpiece for your collection now. Tribal Matters. It is 4 p.m. upon the 13th day of Sakaris. The tribe of Nora is located in the expanse, their exact location indeterminate. The spells for the group as follows Nim, Illumination, under the attention of the healers of the group, some of them badly burned, scarred, or otherwise harmed by the crystalline explosion. Slowly recover. The arcane Kailana, Amazar, and Orson have come around. And yet, for some who are there, there is absolutely nothing that can be done. Temek has life points of negative six, and Kana has negative eight. Within mere seconds of their discovery, their lives soon drain away. Temek is dead. Kana is dead. Temek having lost four more life points, and Kana having lost two more, taking them to negative ten, from which there can never be any return. Paola squeezes her eyes shut tight as her sister passes on. Then she exhales loudly. There is almost a sense of relief through her. She is the last of the triplets, and now she is alone. Of the Mezari, only Vela can be saved, for the rest of her sisters are too far gone, and of those small few who survived the teleportation, only Vela could be stabilized. All the rest of them have died. The life points for the survivors are as follows. Solus, 20 out of 32. Stockholm, 6 out of 30. Kailana, 1 out of 12. Len, 12 out of 24. Bardar, 9 out of 21. Amazar, 1 out of 12. Orson, 1 out of 12. Paola, 2 out of 20. Tani, 6 out of 18. Nora, 3 out of 27. Twyla, 4 out of 28. Nim, 6 out of 18. Marks, 12 out of 24. Brina, 4 out of 16. Lilena, negative 2 out of 10. Master Brevik, negative 5 out of 27. And Vela, negative 5 out of 7. Time moves forward, if indeed there is any time in this in-between space. But we will say that it is 5 p.m. once all the dead are tended to, once all the wounded are cared for, and once those who are conscious have taken stock of their position, and by posting several watches, take charge too 
of the group's defense. Marks into Stockholm examine the bodies of the fallen Mazari, searching for whatever gear, whatever clues might be there. The women have many bladed implements, of course also their bows and their arrows. There are knives, there are swords, there are carefully concealed daggers. There are approximately two days of food and water upon each of the women. That is to say, they may have been carrying more although much has been spoiled by the blast. The dwarves find also 24 gold and 26 platinum amongst the women, and the tribe takes possession of their magic as well, which has been written down on magic scrolls. Eight of those discovered are reader of magic, whilst two of them are chameleon oral. One scroll bears the spell, hovering disc, and one bears the spell language intuition these first scrolls indicated go into kailana's care for the moment whilst the rest which i'm about to identify for you go into the care of orson one magic scroll called float water one bearing the spell mind charm lesser one bearing the spell ventriloquist and one bearing the spell veil of fear Nendra also bears a secret missive from her queen, charging her with the task of tracking and capturing Orson. This is disquieting to the group, although not necessarily a surprise. It has been written in the language of the Mezari, although it had proven possible for Stockholm to work his way through it. At this point, I'm going to award Stockholm the language Mezari. He has an open language slot, and I'm going to say that he's picked up just enough by now in order to have some understanding of the language, and this will only strengthen in time. Vela is wearing a pack, and her gear and equipment is checked as well. But when the task is done, her pack is returned to her body, given to her as a prop for her head as she lays on her back upon the translucent blue floor. Most of that belonging to the Mezari is left where it is. The group has little need to disturb it. They've resolved to ask Vela some questions when she awakens. At least they can learn what she knows and what the ultimate plans of Kiarin are. I wouldn't put a great deal of stock in it, says Amazar, as he is tended by the healers. These Mezari are evil through and through. We've encountered them several times before, and I wouldn't count on believing anything that she has to say. That could be right, says Solus, but we can't pass up the opportunity either. We don't even know where we are right now, and if this woman knows anything that can help us, there might still be a chance that we can collaborate, get out of here alive. Amazar didn't respond though by the look on his face, it seemed likely that he didn't agree. Of the faces of the various members of the tribe of Nora, their opinions on this appeared to be split 50-50, although in the end, Nora supported the view of Solus and expressed that they would refrain from making any further decision until after they could talk to the girl. If you think it's best, said Marx. We will trust in your wisdom. 
Uname leader. There are none amongst their number. But as it turns out, the group is not disturbed even once over the next several hours. Ultimately, having decided not to move far from the spot that they landed on, the group resolves to take sleep, recover as it is possible, and then take their spells on the morrow. The first watch is taken by Solus and Stockholm. Kaylana and Len are next. Butter and Amazar take the third, whilst Orson and Paola take the fourth. Tani and Twyla take the fifth, and they ultimately arise all of them on the 14th day of Sakaris at 8 a.m. As they consider their own next steps, there's something very eerie about the infinite plane upon which they stand. It is soundless. It is motionless. And it is impossible to see very far out into the distance, for the only light is that which shines down upon all of them, and there is nothing else. Please, says Len, let us take refuge in the love of God. He has brought us here for a reason. Let us all pray to him now, and perhaps he will reveal his wisdom. Dead and dying are their number. Trapped in the null space expanse, they have been left at peace in this open, empty space. But what are the chances that their good fortune in this regard can possibly continue? Tune in next time, Travelers of the Maze. Yet another episode of the Iron Realm comes soon to you. What are the secrets of Vela? And can the tribe recover before the next threat lays them all low? Play hard or go home, Iron Realm! I, your Maze Master, will return to you in the dark, in the dark.